Welcome to the Mindful Dating Podcast, where it's all about helping you find healthy, lasting love without losing yourself in the process. Get clear on what you need most from a partner, develop a dating and relationship strategy that works for you, and practice self-leadership in all your relationships. Join your host, Dr. Yael Dubin, on her mission to discover how you can lead from your most authentic, courageous self and create a lifetime of joy and abundance. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday afternoon. It's Thursday when I'm recording this. I am really excited to be here um, and maybe a little bit intimidated by the whole big topic that I just decided to take on for today. Um, it sounded like a great idea at the time, and now I hope I'm worthy and, and um, I hope I do it justice. So what I want to talk to you about today is wholeheartedness, wholehearted loving, wholehearted living, wholehearted dating. And what does that even mean? What would it mean or what would it look like to date in a wholehearted way? And I'm going to suggest and kind of cut to the chase that it will look absolutely nothing like playing by the rules of the game. It will look nothing like soaking up pop culture and trying to, nav you know, trying to I don't know, navigate all of the bad dating advice out there and actually apply it and use it in your life because that's not really what comes from your heart. That's not, that's not what's authentically you. So what do I mean by wholehearted dating? And I think, I think what I'd like to do is talk about this from two different directions. On the one hand, I want to talk about what wholeheartedness kind of looks like in contrast to the brokenheartedness that we often are dating with. So that's the first direction is really looking at it as a contrast with brokenhearted dating and brokenhearted loving. I could also look at it um, from the direction of the whole heart or the wholeness inside of us that's always there underlying and underneath the brokenheartedness and the, the feelings or appearance of broken. And that wholeness that's always longing for expression and connection. So that's Really, what I want to talk with you about today is what wholehearted dating and wholehearted loving looks like from each of those perspectives, contrasting with the brokenheartedness and aligning it with that wholeness that's already within you looking for expression and connection. And to begin with, I want, you know, everybody, everybody on this planet gets a broken heart at some point. We all have a loss, a disappointment, a betrayal. A, a wound that kind of makes us feel a little bit broken. It makes us feel that we can't trust ourselves or can't trust other people. It makes us feel that we're unworthy or unlovable. And everybody carries a little bit of that. Everybody carries that belief to some degree. And when we are out there dating in a brokenhearted way, we're often dating from that broken place. We're dating in ways that um, I like I asked a question not long ago, like, how comfortable are you being authentic on first dates? And a lot of people, when they answer that, I think what they are talking about is um, not that they're authentic, not that they're grounded, not that they're level on first dates, but they they bring an, a toughness and attitude and in your faceness to see if people can handle their worst or handle their sassiest. Um, they 
put up their walls and their barriers and they want to let people know, hey, you know, you can only push me so far. Um, but they don't really bring their vulnerability on their first date. And that's really key for wholehearted dating. So that that broken hearted dating, that broken hearted loving is one where we have our walls up, we have our defenses up. That's that's one of the first ways it looks. It can also look like we're really needy and graspy. So those are the, like two different ways it can look. And it might sound really weird that that same cause has two different appearances. But that's what happens when we date from our parts, from our wounded parts, from the parts that got splintered off and split off when our hearts were broken, when the betrayal happened, when the loss happened, when the rude awakening to the terrible things that are capable that people are capable of happened. So it looks like being defensive on a date. It looks like being half-assed on a date. It looks like not being clear, not being vulnerable about what you really dream of, what you long for in your life, what your life is about, what gives you purpose, meaning, and value, what, what gives you inspiration. What is it inside you that seeks partnership? What does it mean to you? Like people aren't really dating from that place, from that place of openness and vulnerability. They're dating often, not all the time, but very often from this place of brokenness where they're a little guarded. They're a little sassy or in your face. They're trying to get the second date. That's the graspy piece, right? And that's what the rules of the game teach us is that we should really work hard to get that second date as opposed to we should work hard to be our truest, authentic selves so that we only get a second date with somebody that we really have an option of making a relationship with. Because it, the, it's not about getting second dates. Nobody's out there dating because they really just want to go out and meet lots of people for 30-minute increments. That's not what the goal is. And we're not dating because we want to get ourselves six months into a relationship and get hurt again. That's not the point. The point of dating for most people is we're looking to establish a long-term committed relationship with somebody or somebody's that will allow us to put our guard down, that will allow us to let go of the defensiveness, to be vulnerable, to not feel graspy because we feel secure. We know this person has our back. We know they're in it with us. We know they're by our sides and they're committed. That's why we're dating. That's what we want in a relationship. And it makes it so much less likely that we're going to get there if we're going out dating from our parts that are defensive or graspy. And that is just what happens when we're brokenhearted dating. And of course, we have brokenhearted bits and parts that are afraid of getting hurt again, parts that believe that, oh, well, gosh, maybe that happened because I'm not lovable, or maybe that happened because I had a crappy childhood, or maybe that happened because I have a bad picker and I just don't know how to pick somebody. Of course, those things happen. And of course, those things go through. They totally went through my mind. I mean, I am like the poster child. Someone asked, like, I I was um, looking at a at a. This is like a digression, and I'm sorry, but I was looking at a at a Facebook group for podcasters offering to be a guest, and and a lot of people were looking for people who have overcome adversity, overcome a challenge. And I remember when Oprah Winfrey was still on TV, I used to laugh and say, I could like be a week on Oprah. Really, I have so many different childhood traumas, adult traumas. I have so many different terrible things that have happened that I could talk about. Uh, so I know all about that self-talk that says, ah, it's going to be really hard to get what you want, given all that stuff in the background. And that's brokenhearted dating. 
And that's dating from that place of brokenness. That's dating from your woundedness. And that's taking your wounds out with you. And even if you go out and you think you're going to defend against it, or you think you're going to hide it, and you think you can't talk about those things, that's still that brokenness. And so one of the things I noticed a lot when I was out there single and looking is a lot of people on, on profiles saying they don't want anyone who has baggage. Like everybody's got baggage. Anyone who has that on their profile, by the way, where they say they don't want they don't want anyone with baggage, what they're trying to say is they're the only ones allowed to have it because they definitely have baggage. You don't go out there and say what you don't want if you don't have baggage, period. So that's just another digression. But anyway, back to the main point. The brokenhearted dating really looks like coming from those parts and those places, those defensive parts and those graspy parts that are needy. And then I would like to flip that around and talk about wholehearted dating and what that looks like. And I want to suggest to you that actually the capacity to date from your whole heart and the capacity to be wholehearted, the capacity to heal, already exists within you. Healing is just a feature of the universe. And I want to like demonstrate my case talking about something really gross and bloody. And let me just tell you about this for a second. There's a condition, a medical condition known as diffuse intravascular coagulation. And that is an end stage condition of many other illnesses, um, heat stroke being one of them. And in that condition, all of a person's clotting factors get used up and that person starts bleeding out of orifices and out of any little scratch they've ever had on their skin because they no longer have the ability to clot at the surface. And it's really gross. And I'm really sorry about that. But what this should tell us is that all the time we're healing, all the time, all day long, always healing, that we always have clotting factors that are actively stopping blood from coming out of our bodies right this very second. And when those clotting factors aren't there, we just spontaneously bleed. And that's because healing is just a thing that's always happening in the universe. It is constant. It is always available. And that is as true for your spirit and soul as it is for your body. Healing is just a feature of the universe. It's a feature of the body. It's a feature of the mind. So your wholeheartedness already exists within you. And I, one of the things that I really love about Jewish tradition is the morning prayer, Elohai Neshama Shanatata Bi My God, the soul that you have given me is pure. That soul, the Neshama, that layer of the soul is always within us and simultaneously always connected to source energy. And it remains pure. It is never, ever, ever damaged by the things that happen around us by the things we do to ourselves, by the things that other people do to us. That source of energy is always available. It's always in you all the time. And that aligns really well with the IFS model that says core self-energy is just a feature. Everybody has core self-energy. We don't always have access to it. You don't always have access to your nishama. Your nishama always has access to God. You don't always have access to self-energy, but self-energy always has access to source energy or the great mind of the cosmos, whatever you want to call it, but it is always there. And in a coaching perspective, all clients, we are taught, we believe, and we stand rooted in this, are creative, resourceful, and whole at their core. And our job as coaches is to help them see that wholeness and operate from that creativity and resourcefulness that's already within them. So when you look at wholehearted dating from this perspective, this is a wholehearted dating that comes from a place of deep connection with what is most true and alive in you, which sometimes is 
you know, I carry a little bit of sadness about my marriage and I really couldn't get married for like 16 years. I couldn't even think about it. And now I suddenly realized I wanted to get married and I did a lot of work on myself and now I'm ready to find a true partner. And I said that on first and second dates. Your version of my wholehearted statement will be something different, but it looks and feels a lot like courage. People can call it vulnerability. I always felt it took courage to just own the wholeness, the whole piece, the whole thing. I'm ready to love again. And it really hurt last time. And I'm not sure. I, I, I don't want to get hurt that way again. That really sucked. So to own that wholeness and to date from that place, the, the, the place that can say, hey, despite whatever's going on out there about how people are being treated pretty cavalierly by corporations and by other people and on social media. I actually think people matter. Relationships are super important to me. And I'm a loyal friend and a loyal partner. And I am looking for someone who wants to give that back to me, who wants to be on my team and wants to create that growth-oriented team where we have each other's back. That's what wholehearted dating and wholehearted loving looks like. And it looks this way throughout your partnership, where you can own your vulnerability, where you can say, hey, you know, I'm having a really off day. I'm just kind of, I'm I'm sad. Like a lot of you uh, may have read my Facebook post from a couple of weeks back. I had a couple of days of having a vulnerability hangover after writing that post. That was a really hard post to write. Um, I was possibly just having a little bit of reliving of the trauma. And I had to tell my, you know, I had to tell my partner and my kids like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tender right now. Um, I'm just not able to be as present as I'd like to be. I'm going to tune out for a little bit. And for him to just be able to graciously give me that space. And you can find a partnership like that. You can find a partnership where you get supported at your worst and at your best. And this is, so this is like the flip side, right? The flip side is, yes, I've had some traumas, but I've also had some amazing fucking victories. Amazing. So I um, I was a really good student in college. I had a boyfriend in college. We were in a biochem class together, and I always outperformed him on every exam, and we fought every time we got an exam back. It was never like directly about I did better on the test, but it was just coincidentally when we got our test scores back, we got in a fight. Um, so I, and I, also had a, a spouse who um, I met me in medical school and put a lot of pressure on me for years to be a housewife until I was done with medical school and wanted to quit. And then he's like, no, I actually want you to earn money. Um, but there was, there was this idea that my career and my accomplishments couldn't overshadow his. And now I have a partner who totally supports me a hundred percent growing and thriving, owning a business, putting myself out there in the world um, supports me in like just shining my light, never, ever trying to dampen me. And this is what I want for every one of you. I want someone who loves you through thick and thin, is on your team, has your back in the great times and the less than great times where you can feel your soul has a place to rest. And in order to get there, to some degree, you have to take responsibility for the brokenheartedness because actually your partner doesn't heal that brokenheartedness. That's that inner work that you have to do moving from those parts and those splintered little aspects to come back to your soul, to your self energy, and to learn how to stand in that space 
of pureness where you have calm, clarity, compassion, connection, courage, creativity, curiosity, confidence. We're standing in that full self energy because when you date from that place, the only people you're ever going to get a second date with are people who align with you in that place. And that's who you want. People who align with your deep self energy. People who have space for your wholeness and your whole story. So when you do that healing work and when you do that work to come from your nishama, from your core self, when you tap into your inner creativity, resourcefulness, and wholeness, and you bring that on dates in a really genuine, authentic way that's super approachable and also confident. So you're like holding both both aspects. You have that courageous vulnerability and the confident connection, and you are there with that, you'll find someone who resonates with you in that place of wholeness. That helps you grow more and more each day. That's like the beginning of your of your healing journey is the stuff that you do on your own to start to collect people in your world who resonate with that. And I, so that post that I made a couple of weeks ago, had, I don't know, like a hundred comments on it or something and tons of support that I never could have gotten before in my life because I hadn't healed myself to the point that I could even talk about what happened. And I just barely skimmed the surface of it. And that was the most I can do and probably the most I'll ever do publicly. But this is what you can start to create and build in your world. And it's important to build it because there are so many people suffering And every one of us that takes the healing journey, every one of us that says, you know, I'm going to compost this bullshit and grow a really kick-ass garden. Every one of us who does that makes the healing path wider and easier for the people after us to follow. We affect everybody, every person on this planet. Studies have been done. Our well-being affects people up to three degrees of separation from us. The more people you contact, the more your ripple effect is. So if you happen to be a supervisor, a manager, a CEO, a C-suite executive that is not a CEO, if you're a pastor, if you're a community organizer, if you're in a big position like that, this healing work, when you heal to come from your neshama, from your core self, and allow love in and allow to love out, allow that like easy, abundant flow affects everybody and it makes the world a better place. So right now, my little slice of the pie that I'm super focused on, especially in all of my public marketing, is decidedly mindful dating coaching because it's just amazing and it's wonderful. And I I like the program is solid and it changes everybody's life who takes it. And I also work with people who are working on the inner stuff or people who are in the nonprofit world or environmentalists. And I really love actually, my favorite is having environmentalists in my mindful dating program, just by the way. Um, I love biology chicks. They're awesome. Um, So this kind of brings it all back and that that wholeness, that healing and the wholeness that we're seeking, we start that and we do that work in order to be able to go out and, and date and have relationships and build friendships and build careers and build worlds that resonate with and vibe with us in our whole thriving selves. And that has a ripple effect on the world and it allows us to heal even more and to raise our vibration even more and bring even more healing to the world. So that is what I have to say for today on wholehearted loving, wholehearted living and wholehearted dating. 
And I hope that you accept this challenge to step into wholeheartedness. I want to invite you just to drop a comment and let me know if this resonates or drop a message and let me know if it resonates. And I'm really curious if you have seen people that kind of look like the brokenhearted dating that I was talking about earlier that go out with lead with defensiveness or lead with graspiness. I would love to hear about that too, what your experience is like. That's what I have. Y'all have a wonderful rest of your afternoon and a terrific weekend. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Mindful Dating with your host, Dr. Yael Dubin. If you're ready to shake up your dating routine and transform your approach to relationships, go to BechiraCoaching.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, pick up your free digital copy of Five Keys to Finding Lasting Love, and even schedule a free call with Yael now. Bechira Coaching is on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date with our programs, literature, and watch live sessions with Dr. Dubin. Links will be included in the show notes. Tune in next week when we'll share more about how you can find lasting love without losing yourself in the process.